Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Radio. Welcome in. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. We are in the middle of the NFL Combine, and I love Combine season because it reminds me of a book that I wrote that never got published that I probably should put online and let people read on Amazon as kind of a, uh, as an ebook. After I wrote my first book, Dixieland delight, and by the way, I'm Clay Travis. Thanks for listening to the show. I'll kick the coverage. We're here with you every Monday through Friday, six to 9 a.m. Eastern. Always go listen to the show on podcast at foxsportsradio.com. Thanks to Sirius XM satellite channel 83 as well as 240 some odd stations across the country carrying us right now we are your fun way to spend monday through friday in the mornings so i um trained for the nfl combine after i wrote my first book dixieland delight dixieland delight i went around all 12 at the time sec football stadiums wrote about the experience why college football matters 27 years old at 28 I decided that I would train for the NFL Combine. And so I wrote this entire book. It's all written. It's really well done. I got to spend time with all these players. And my concept was pretty simple. That I would write about the moment when these college football players leave college football, leave their bowl games, leave wherever their seasons end, and intensely begin their training for the NFL Combine. And it's about a two-month process. End of the now it's changed a little bit since then because if you're on one of the two best teams you can play until June, January nine or whatever else. But for most of these guys, they would arrive a couple of days after their bowl games. They would go to these training facilities, and I went to one in Nashville, Tennessee, where I live. D one Sports. They still do it. They have some of the best possible combine participants training, and all they do 
is focus on combine training. So for almost two months, all you do is work on your bench press. All you do is work on your 40 speed. All you do is work on your cone drills, your shuttles, your all of these drills. All you do is focus on the technique involved to make you better at your combine training. So I love watching still on the NFL network, the NFL combine, seeing what these guys run on their 40s, seeing everything else. And I thought, and I still think, which is why I need to put it up on Amazon and just let everybody read it. I wrote a book called Rough Draft. I, as a 28-year-old, decided that I would do everything that these guys did. Everything that these guys who were training for the NFL Combine did. And there are still several of the guys who ended up playing in the NFL with me. I think we had seven or eight guys get drafted out of that group. Jeff Schwartz, who we're going to talk to on today's show, we talk to him every Wednesday. That's how I know him. Multi-year NFL offensive lineman out of Oregon. I got to know Craig Stevens well, tight end from the Tennessee Titans. I got to know Peyton Hillis, uh, former fullback, running back, had a couple of good years on the cover of Madden. He was there with us. Uh, I got to know Michael Orr, who actually came in from the blind side and thought he was going to leave early but decided to go back for another year. So he started the training process and then bailed. One minute he was with us, the next minute he was gone. Uh, I got to know Frank Oakham from Texas, who was a d- top defensive tackle drafted. Uh, Jason Jones, who still, I think, is playing in the league. Corey Lichtensteiger, who played in the league for a long time. All of these dudes, all of these guys uh, that were part of the combine training. Marcus Monk, whose brother now is a stud for the University of Kentucky in basketball. Awesome guys. Awesome dudes. I had unlimited access to them. I did every single thing that they did all day long, every day. In fact, Caleb Campbell, who I wrote for SI about, you might remember him as the uh, former Army soldier who got to go to try to make it in the NFL. Got drafted as well. Turned into a huge story that year at the NFL draft, whether or not he was going to be picked. So all these guys were awesome. Spent a ton of time with them. Really great experience and got to know them all very well. And it's an incredibly stressful time in their life because it's the moment where they go from being college players to being professionals. And how they perform at the Combine is going to go a long way towards determining whether they're going to get drafted and if they're going to get drafted, how highly they are going to be drafted. So all of these guys were, uh, you, you end up meeting them all. I loved them all. Great dudes. Really interesting collection of people from all over the country. Big 10, Pac-12, SEC, all over the place, okay? So as part of that process, as part of that process, you learn an awful lot. And I feel like I have seen something that the vast majority of you listening right now haven't. And that is, better than anybody else, you learn how incredible, what incredible athletes these guys are and how fast they are. And I will guarantee you right now, there are a ton of guys driving around in their cars right now who believe that if they run a 40, because the 40 is the number one, the, the the big time event that gets all the attention at the NFL Combine, there are so many guys out there who believe they can break a 5-0 in the 40. We have actually done this for charity. After I did the Combine, I went back at the charity. We probably should do this for OutKick sometime. We had an open charity. You paid $20 and you tried to break. You got your official combine time. You got your 40 time. You showed up at the facility. It was on a laser, not a hand timer crap, on a laser, just like they run at the combine, and you find out what you run in a 40. 
and we had tons of guys show up, and only one of them could break the five oh forty. And that guy had run track at a, I think he had D one school. I mean, he was a really fast dude. Another guy came close, and he had been drafted in the major leagues. You know, been a minor league baseball player, and he was known on those teams for his speed. And I think he ran like a four nine five. My point here is. The vast majority of high school football teams in America don't have a single guy that can break a 5040. That and people don't believe that, but a laser-timed 5040 is incredibly rare. The vast majority of high schools in the entire country don't have a single guy who can do it. And if you don't believe me, talk to college coaches. Do you know why college coaches want to have camps on campus so often, football camps? It's because they can get their own 40 times. Because you can't tell by watching a guy on tape whether he's a 4-5 guy or a 4-7-4-8 guy. And that makes a big difference once you get to the college football level. A 4-8 guy in high school football can dominate and he can turn the corner and he looks a lot faster than everybody else because the guys chasing him run 5-2s. It's not an indictment of the athleticism of these guys. It's just a rare attribute to be able to break a 5-0-40. I'm going to put it in perspective for you right here. All of you listening right now, I guarantee you know whether or not you can dunk a basketball. And if you're older, you know whether or not you used to be able to dunk a basketball. Now, partly that's a function of how tall you are, but primarily it's a function of how much spring you have in your calf muscles, how much fast twitch muscle fiber you have. If you cannot dunk a basketball, then you cannot break a 5040. I'm going to repeat this. If you cannot dunk a basketball, then you cannot break a 5040. Now, there are possible exceptions. If you're 5'4 and you have like a 35 inch vertical and you just barely can't imagine that you're going to be able to dunk, maybe you can do it. But if you're an average size guy, average guy's what? 5'9, five, 5'10 five, in the country today? If you're an average size guy and you can't dunk a basketball, then you can't break a 5040. That crystallizes it for everybody out there. The amount of speed and athleticism that these guys have is unlike anything you've ever seen before. And that was what I learned the most when I trained for the NFL Combine. That was when you watch an NFL game or a college football game on television and you see a fat guy pick up a ball and start to run with it and he looks slow, you think to yourself, oh man, I would definitely beat that fat guy. For the vast majority of you out there listening right now, that offensive lineman or defensive lineman who picks up a fumble and starts to run would beat you, dust you. And not just dust you, he might be able to beat you running backwards. That's how much faster these guys are than you. That's how freakish the speed is. It's it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. So when you're sitting down and you're watching the combine going on right now and you're trying to assess guys and everything else, you need to keep a couple of things in mind. One, these guys are much faster than you. Two, you wouldn't break a 5040. And three, and this is, I think, really kind of crazy. A lot of you are going to say, well, when I was in high school, I ran. When you are hand timing a 40, your coach can adjust it substantially by when he starts and stops it because timing a 40 is an art form. That's why you see all these guys lined up doing their own stopwatches. Your coach can take two-tenths of a second, maybe even three-tenths of a second off your 40 time by when he starts it and by when he finishes it. That's why I say laser time. Laser doesn't lie. Laser is accurate. 
And when you hear everybody out there, Adidas is offering a million dollars in a private island to somebody if they can beat Chris Johnson's 4-2-4-40 time, that's freakish level time. Your average high school football team in the country today does not have a single guy who can break a 5-0-40 on laser. Not happening. Maybe you got a great high school. There are a couple of guys who can do it. 4-5 speed is almost unheard of. It's like Olympic level speed. There's very little Olympic level speed. Very few people can run 4-5. Seems common when you watch the combine. Ain't really common at all. We're going to talk to Jeff Schwartz about that right now. But first, this show brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I'm Clay Travis. I'm probably not faster than you, but you ain't fast either. We're going to talk to Jeff Schwartz about that next. He's down in the Dominican Republic. It's live. Outkick the coverage here on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com 15 minutes ago. We bring in now the guy who joins us every single Wednesday. He's Jeff Schwartz, and he's actually down in the Dominican Republic right now on vacation. What's the weather like down there right now? Oh, it's beautiful. It's uh, mid-80s, I would say. It's got a nice little tan going here, and um, I made it most of the trip without having to run, so it's a good trip. Which is the exact opposite of what a lot of guys are doing at the NFL Combine right now. And you and I have an interesting (laughs) experience because we met when I was training for the NFL Combine. I started off the show talking about that today. What would you assess? How would you assess my athleticism? It was good. I mean, I thought you were a kicker at first. I wonder why this older gentleman was running with us. They didn't really explain what you were doing. And then once you realized, um, yeah, your athleticism is, is good for the average male. What would you put so me on the scale of discussion? 1 to 10? How would you assess my athleticism? For the for just an average, yeah, like that. LeBron, all men are on the scale yeah. of one to ten. Like a ten would be LeBron James, and a one would be like Stephen Hawking. Oh, oh, oh! LeBron's a ten. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm probably like a nine then. So you're more like uh, maybe a five. The most average athlete in America is what you just called me. But your scale is skewed because LeBron at ten. I feel like LeBron's a hundred. No, no, no. Only one to ten. No, no, no. Like you're like LeBron is a ten. He's the like supreme athlete, right? Like so, they're I'm saying like everybody's in a ten percent category. So the worst athletes in America would be ones. The second worst athletes in America would be twos. That's the theory. I give you okay. I give you a seven. Okay, that's not bad. I think I think I'm around a six and a half or a seven. Like I think I'm more athletic than about sixty or seventy percent of guys, but not that athletic. Technically, I'm a ten then. Yeah, you would be a ten if you're a pro athlete. You're a ten. I mean. Woo. Yeah. I mean, you're a six foot. What's your weight, height and weight when you were playing? Six, six, three, forty. Yeah. I mean, you have to factor in your height and weight into how you assess as an athlete. Like I'm six foot one eighty. So I'm taller than your average guy. I'm not like insanely out of shape. So especially if you put me in the category of like 37 year old dads of three, I'm a 10 for 37 year old dads of three. Um, okay. So when we met, you were training for the combine. And, well, by the way, what's happening in the background there? Are you being attacked by a shark? There, no, there's a guy just, I'm on my patio, and a guy just doing yard work at 9.30 in the morning. <laughs> Rude. 
Uh, yeah. All right. So you uh, tell that guy to pipe down. You're on national sports talk radio here. It's a big deal. Um, so when you think about your time at the combine, how nervous were you at the combine? Oh, supremely nervous. I mean, this is your job interview. It's a three-day job fair, and they scrutinize everything. So you have to walk properly, whatever that means. Uh, you have to always have your energy on, which, you know, I didn't really get that. Now that I do media and TV, you know, I get the point of turning it on, like you're turning up your energy. So, you know, you don't really get that when you're 21. You have to make sure your handshakes are right. You remember coaches' names and me – I had to keep my weight down. So for two days, I had to starve myself to weigh in. Some guys have to drink water the whole time to get their weight up. So it's just you, you go with a goal of what you wanted, you know, what your goal was. Mine was probably to show that I, I'm intelligent, but then I also needed to do decently well in the physical aspects to kind of disprove the idea that I'm just a big lumbering, um, you know, right tackle essentially. So what does it feel like to stand in your underwear in front of all the – I just that to me, like, I, I, I'm going to talk about this later in the show probably too, but can you imagine how much people would call it sexist if girls walked out like guys do at the NFL Combine, dressed only in their underwear, and an entire room of people sat there, like, with their notepads out, like, taking notes, taking pictures – and then they came out and they just crushed you for your body. Like your arm length isn't right. Your leg length isn't right. You've got too much fat in your gut. Like all these things, people would lose their minds. And they would say, this is so sexist. You walk out in your tight spandex outfit. What does that feel like? I think you're so used to playing in front of thousands of people. It's not that big of a deal. And to me, I've never been body conscious. It doesn't bother me. I'm glad we still have our underwear on, though. <laughs> I know you're uh, your big theory. Every time the combine rolls around, we have the probably the best conversation. All right. Let me let me cut you off right ever. there. I want to hit that. The only body part that isn't measured is your penis. Every I'm correcting this, right? Like literally every other body yeah. part that you have is measured. They take your height, your weight, they measure your arm length, your leg length, your your waist, like every your foot, everything that you could possibly have measured, they measure with the idea that they are going to put you into a formula and figure out your overall value as an athlete. How much would things change if your penis was measured? <laughs> Well, you have to you have to have a correlation to how well you play versus your your size and your girth. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a great social experiment. Would it, um, how, what would you it, think you if, like, free time you could do that? If you walked out and you stand there in your underwear and people are taking notes and they measure your height and your weight and everything else, and then you have to go walk behind like a curtain that's only up to like your midriff, <laughs> you drop your pants and then they're like Jeff Schwartz. Four quarter, four and a quarter inches, or whatever they're going to say. Like, like, would you? Would that be the most? Like, I don't even know. And then, and I just can't even imagine how unbelievably uncomfortable that would be. And then here's the other thing I argue: What if it came out that the number one determining factor for, say, quarterbacks winning Super Bowls was flaccid penis length? And everybody who's and that's the, the like people are like, you can never tell whether somebody's going to be a good quarterback or not. But then you found out that every Super Bowl winning quarterback had like the same flaccid penis. Wouldn't that be an <laughs> unbelievable? Like, what if that's the determining factor? What if every quarterback who's ever won a Super Bowl has the exact same flaccid penis? There would be dads, their plastic <laughs> surgeons, and making sure that they were they were up to the proper size. I mean, I just. Going through my mind in the locker room, I'm not sure it correlates to success. <laughs> uh, 
all the time. So you've seen guys, you said you, you mentioned locker room. So you've seen guys with gigantic penises that it hasn't turned into great NFL all pros. Yes. So it's not, the correlation is not, um, is not totally true, but I think it would add some spice for combo. Can you imagine the ratings I would get? Oh, amazing. And you know, who would be watching is dudes. All guys would be like, and, oh, and, totally. and you could also gamble on penis sizes. Like, that'd be great for the offshores. You're like, oh, I know, you know, like, and then if you, you underperform, like Steve McNair comes out and people are like, I, Steve McNair has the largest penis in the history of any man ever. And people are like, I, I just, I, I, God rest his soul. Um, but uh, but people will be like, I can't believe this is real life. Like, they're like, we need another ruler. <laughs> you know, they have, to, they have to remeasure it. You would... You would get more men to watch that than women. Oh, by far. Men are much more obsessed with penis size than women are. There's no doubt. Yes. Uh, Yes. And and so when you're there and you're like the meat market and everything else is going on, you also then have a roommate, right? Like you just get randomly assigned to do – like they don't even give you your own room, which I think is like psychological warfare because you can just get assigned to random guides by alphabet or how do you end up with a roommate? Yeah. You know you don't get your own room traveling on the road in the NFL until, like, your fourth or fifth year? Yeah, that's crazy to me. That's crazy. But when yeah. you're at the so, combine, yeah, you my, just get a random roommate. He might snore. He might be awful. This is literally the most important job interview of your life, and you don't even know who's in your room. Yeah, mine is uh, was Kim Dunlop. He's from Nashville, actually. He went to Auburn, and he's still playing for the Chargers. And uh, we, you know, we, you know, good friends. But, yeah, you just get stuck with a random person. You have no idea. And, and you wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning. and it just What they want to see is how you're going to respond mentally because the physical part is the last day of the combine. And then you fly out. Like When you get back to your room after your physical, you know, your, your on-field workout, there's already people in your room to take your spot. Like You don't even get to go back and rest. You just grab your bags and you bounce. So they just want to see how you do throughout the three days just mentally. Can you compete? Uh, when you're tired at the end of the week. Yeah, it's wild. And so if you were going back, let's pretend that you're going back in time now. What advice would you give to 21-year-old Jeff Schwartz that, that you didn't have at that time? Do you think you could outperform yourself? Do the physical performances even matter that much for a guy like you who's a big offensive lineman? I, I don't think anything would have changed. Um, you know, I, The way I feel about the combine is – is number one goal is is the actual physical, like you, you know, the physical check of your body, which is you go in your six different rooms and all the doctors look at you and they determine if you need more MRIs, what's your physical status. That's number one. Two is the mental. And, you know, people talk about the wonder leg. The test is not hard. It's 50 questions in 12 minutes. It's not very difficult. But they want to see how fast you can process and spit out answers because that's the way you have to – do it on the football field. So we just want to see the, your mental processing. And the physical part, the part that's on the field, when you're running, the workout, that just confirms what the scouts already know about you. 99% of the time, you know, I come in, I just read a lot of my combine reports because I'm writing about it too. And what they said about me, pros and cons, was just how I worked out on the field at the combine. So there's a couple guys, obviously, that run a little faster and it forces the scouts to go back and watch the film of that guy, or maybe the guy performs worse, and they, they you know, he might, he might go back and see, oh, is this guy going to translate well? But pretty much 99% of the time, they know how you're going to work out. It's just a part of meeting with the teams. You have private meetings. You go in these rooms. They grill you. I had a coach uh, who, you know, throughout my career, I talked to coaches about the combine, and one guy's job was specifically to try to break the guy, was to try to see how far he can push 
this guy in a 15-minute meeting because the head coach wanted to see how the guy handles stress. No, it's fascinating. Jeff, can you hang with us here for another segment? Yeah. All right, we'll bring Jeff back here, but first let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. And uh, let me go ahead and knock out this other ad as well. Safe stopping starts with Duralast brakes. They're proven tough and the official brakes of NASCAR. Sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. We were just talking with Jeff Schwartz. He's at Jeff Schwartz on Twitter. Jeff, you got your wife on vacation with you down in the Dominican Republic, and you posted a video of her going out for passes. You definitely outkicked your coverage. What's the response been to her uh, receiving skills? Uh, Most views I've had of the video on Instagram. So... Clearly, um, she did a good job with her throwing and catching. And the thing is, she basically told me that she could not catch or throw for the last nine years I was playing in the NFL. Now, all of a sudden, I quit, and she is um, a catcher and thrower all of a sudden. So I was just impressed with her with her skills. So she basically had lied to me for nine years and then just comes out and throws a perfect spiral. I've always said that, like, if you say that a girl has good ball skills, like you, if somebody said that about your daughter, like, you have to fight them. <laughs> Yes, it's like, uh, but, but but your wife uh, appears to have good ball skills there. Um, so this this is um, we're talking about the NFL Combine, and before we dive back into the Combine, I want to get your thoughts on a couple of big stories that are out there. First of all, what do you think about Antonio Brown getting the kind of money that he got? Uh, I, I always say, for instance, what I do in radio, I want people to make as much money as possible because a rising tide lifts all boats. So anytime a new position guy gets big money, and I've seen you tweeting about guards and everybody else, the NFL money situation is just exploding, right? The salary cap is blowing up in a good way for you guys. Yeah, I think it's awesome. I, I think I agree with you in the way that you approach you know, other media members getting paid. Is if Antonio Brown gets $15 million a year, you know, then Odell will get 16 and a half, and the next guy will get 18. So, you know, we're talking about the guard market. You know, there's guys right now getting $8 million a year that are just average players. So the guys that are at the top, T.J. Lang, Larry Warford, Zettler, they're going to make $12 million a year. So anytime these guys set the base, it's great. And, you know, Antonio Brown probably could have waited three more weeks and gotten a little bit more, but he's the highest-paid guy, which is what you want. It's now the agent can say, hey, my guy's the highest pay. Look what I did for him. Antonio Brown can tweet, I'm the highest paid. You know, in a couple weeks, maybe someone else becomes the highest paid. But I'm all for guys getting as much money as they can because your career is short, you have as much guarantee as you can, and um, I'm never going to knock anybody for getting paid. How much of a believer are you in Kirk Cousins? Yeah, so I think Washington is a tough situation because you know what you're going to get from Kirk Cousins now. And I, I don't like the franchise tag in general just because it hampers free agency and, and – um, you know, but for Kirk Cousins, he, if he gets franchise tag now this year, he'll be making like, something like forty-eight million dollars in two years for a, a quarterback who's what ten, twelve best. And then if Francis him a third time, he'll make like seventy-eight million dollars in three years, the most over three years. So for him, I think it's actually a good thing. But I think he's kind of where you're at. I think if you build up your team around him, you can win um, and advance in the playoffs. He's a guy who's not going to, you know. Lead your, he's not going to be the reason why you make a Super Bowl run. It's not going to be, oh, you know, like Aaron Rodgers, right, for the Packers. He's the reason why that team went from four and six to, to the, you know, to uh, the National Championship game. Kirk Cousins, you won't say that about him, but he's good enough 
to get your team to the playoffs, you just have to surround them with the right pieces. So Washington's kind of a tough situation because they probably need to pay the guy. They need a quarterback. If you let him go, you franchise him this year and let him go next year, then you have to start all over again. So I think it's just pay the guy. They should have paid him last year, and they would have had him on a contract and wouldn't have to worry about paying so much money. Let's circle back around to the combine now. Did you see where Adidas is saying they're going to give a million-dollar island to anybody who can beat Chris Johnson's four two four forty time? First of all, I have no idea how they're going to vouch this or anything else because the combine numbers always are a little bit off, and it seems like they've been getting slower ever since the Chris Johnson combine time. But from your perspective, how cool would that be to get an island? I don't want island. They're going to take a million dollars. Well, yeah, but you could so sell the island, island theoretically. You're on an island right now. You just spent millions of years spending thousands of dollars, probably not millions, to go spend time on an island. That's why you want an island. I would have spent a million dollars to come here if the Wi-Fi would work. (laughs) Why Um, does the Wi-Fi not – this this drives me insane. Like, how is Wi-Fi not working everywhere at this day and age, especially at high-end resorts? You couldn't do your show from here because – my room has no Wi-Fi. I paid for the international plan so I can get you know, data and text and calls, obviously. But the you know, Wi-Fi is, is not is not working in my room whatsoever. Um, back to the island thing. I, I I don't want an island. Like, what am I going to do with an island? It's a million-dollar island. That's nothing. I, it I might not be a very nice island. I do agree with that. A million-dollar island might actually be kind of crappy. Like, where, what if Are it's an island? In, the boat in, to get there? Yeah, they're probably not going to give you the boat to get there. And also, it could be an island that's not in that desirable of a place, right? Lots of islands in, you know, somewhere north in Canada could be awful islands to have. You know, they're covered with mosquitoes. It's freezing. It's ice. I mean, you wouldn't need a boat, at least. You could go across on the ice. But that's not an island I want. Like, I want a tropical island. I used to live in the U.S. Virgin Islands. I lived on an island. So I would be fine with getting a tropical island. What do you think you would run in the 40 right now? Right now? Um... Oh boy, six two six, six two. That's probably about what I would run. And so I started I, off this show. I started off this show by saying, every guy listening to us right now believes that he can run under a five zero forty. And I think it's the most one hundred percent right. I think it's the most absurd opinion that anybody has because people understand, for instance, that if that whether or not they can dunk a basketball. And what percentage of people do you think can dunk a basketball? Maybe at most 10% of the population. That's probably too high. But no more than 10% of the population can dunk a basketball in this country right now. So people understand that it's a rare talent to be able to dunk a basketball. What I always tell people is, if you can't dunk a basketball, then you probably can't break a 5040. And people like just don't believe it, right? Because they see the big fat guys and how fast they are. But those guys are insanely athletic. I agree. I, I think. I mean, it, I would say that of ten percent of those guys that can dunk a basketball, one percent can run a forty under under five uh, seconds. So I always have this thing where my wife thinks I'm the slowest person in the world because I'm the slowest person on the football field. So the other day we were on the beach and these people were doing these Olympic games, right? And I, they were running. I said, I said, Meredith, I, I'm faster than everyone right here. She says, No, you're not. I'm like, oh, Yes, I am. So she wanted me to prove it. So we raced. She always wants to race me. I beat her by. 20 yards let's say in a 40 yard i mean it wasn't even close like i people just don't realize that how fast 
and how quick we are. It's the most underrated aspect of the NFL is you see a big man on a defensive lineman, let's say, pick up a fumble, and you see him start to run, and you think, oh, he's slow. But you think that because the guys who were chasing him run like a 4-5, not because he's slow. He's running a 4-9 or a 5-1 or something, which is insanely fast. And then everybody else who's in the crowd, they think, oh, if I had picked that fumble up, I would have scored. I'm faster than that big fat guy. (laughs) When the reality is, back in the day, Albert Hainsworth, he would beat most guys listening to this show right now running backwards, even though he's six foot six, three 340 pounds. Exactly. And here's the thing, too. It's not that they're even running a 4-4. They're running – guys are running 4-4s with pads on yeah. and with cleats that are not designed to – you know, they're not track cleats. Uh, they're running with a football in their hand. They're running when they're tired sometimes. So I think that – I always tell people that until you watch a football game from the field, like actually watch it on the sidelines – you can never appreciate the speed and the especially the violence, the physicality of football until you are watching it on the field. And even then, maybe you don't understand. But that's the only way I tell people that they can really understand how fast it is out there. You played with uh, Pierre Paul. He just had one of the most unbelievable tweets I've ever seen. He got franchise tagged by the New York Giants. And he basically said, there's nobody out there playing ball like I am with seven and a half fingers. <laughs> <laughs> he, I love JPP. I was, you know, I was rehabbing my ankle, and he was rehabbing his hand at the same time. So we spent a lot of time um, in the in the training room together. Uh, what he did this year was remarkable. I mean, he's going to get paid. I mean, the, the Giants franchised him because um, he would have gotten seventeen, eighteen million dollars a year as a pass rusher. He can ball. Um, they, you know, they brought in Olivier Vernon last year, and he was the highest paid guy. JPP is better than him. Um, and even with his seven and a half fingers. So I love that he embraces it, though. You know, he's not a guy just backing away from it. And he was that way the whole time when he first came back uh, from New York. So um, I love the guy. I hope he, I hope he gets paid. And um, he's really embraced. He's a good dude. And it, it's, it sucks what happened to him. But seven and a half fingers, that's awesome. Uh, it's a great line. All right, Jeff, get back out there, Dominican Republic. Prove your athleticism, how fast you are. Appreciate the time. We'll talk to you next week. All right, take care. That is Jeff Schwartz. Follow him on Twitter at Jeff Schwartz. Always our guest every single Wednesday. Kevin Durant went for an MRI. What's the impact? Adrian Wojcikowski has weighed in on Twitter. We'll dive into that when we come back here on Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, what does it mean when Geico says just 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance? It means you probably should have gone to geico.com. 15 minutes ago. Well, late last night, the NBA's horse whisperer, I don't know what exactly you want to call him. He breaks pretty much every story. Adrian Wojciechowski went on Twitter, and a lot of you probably haven't even seen this because he tweeted it at 4 a.m. Warriors Kevin Durant, this is from Adrian Wojciechowski, sources, Warriors Kevin Durant's inner circle bracing for tough news on KD's knee, awaiting MRI result, Fear is he's out months, not weeks. Now, I always kind of tiptoe up to news like this because you never really know until you get the MRI results. But seeing that from Wojciechowski uh, as well, as well as seeing the news that the Golden State Warriors have decided to sign Matt Barnes, and uh, there are a couple of quotes out there. It's a dream come true, Barnes told the undefeated Mark Spears. 
I feel like I helped start something. Uh, remember, he was with the Warriors back in the day in 2007, and now I'm coming back to help finish it. In an Instagram post late Tuesday night, Barnes called this, quote, the happiest day of my life after the birth of his children. Uh, maybe a little bit unkind to Kevin Durant. The injury did not look that bad. He definitely looked like his knee was hyperextended. The question is, how severe is the hyperextension? Now, of course, the Cleveland Cavaliers are dealing without their own superstar in Kevin Love. As long as Durant was back in time for probably midway through the playoffs, honestly, because the Warriors could get through the first couple of rounds without having to worry too much about it. But I've been saying for a long time on this show, uh, certainly, that the only real way I believed there could end up being drama in the NBA was if the Warriors or the Cavs had a significant injury. Because then, maybe they don't get to the finals. If they did get to the finals, maybe it would leave some uncertainty. The Warriors have been a massive favorite to win this overall title. Obviously, they still have the same rough core that they had beforehand, even with the Matt Barnes addition, even with potentially the Kevin Durant injury. But you do have to take a step back and say, okay, do I need to reassess here? How much could this change the team? Again, I think the Warriors are still going to go out and end up being the overall number one seed in the West. They're 50-10, and 10, I believe, through 60 games, only 22 games left in the regular season for the Golden State Warriors. But this is troubling. This is uh, scary. And the fact that, Woj- that Adrian Wojciechowski sent out that tweet saying that they're bracing for months, not weeks, and also the fact that we have already seen the Warriors react to go sign Matt Barnes makes me believe, at least when you read the tea leaves, and again, the tough thing about talking about potential injury news is you don't really know. And so when you come on and do a show here and you say, oh, man, the Warriors are in real trouble now. Kevin Durant's out for uh, looks like substantial amounts of time, and then you come back and the MRI results come back and he's got a hyperextended knee and he misses two weeks. And most of you wouldn't even really notice that Durant wasn't playing. Now, the tough thing from Durant's perspective is he's back home in D.C. And he only played a couple of minutes. And if you watch that play, we'll have the audio for you from all his teammates as well as from the individual who rolled up on the knee. It was a very, uh, you know, unfortunate series, a series of unfortunate events there to steal from the, uh, the popular Netflix show that my kids are watching. It does not look as bad as you would maybe anticipate, but his knee definitely gets hyperextended. He immediately went out, and again, if the Warriors thought he was going to be perfectly fine and he wasn't going to miss any games, there's a 0% chance they would go out and sign Matt Barnes for the remainder of the year. So I think this is fairly significant. And again, with the tweet from Adrian Wojciechowski, which came out late last night, I think there's a legitimate concern that Kevin Durant may be out for Maybe the rest of the regular season. And if you're scared, if you're scared about this process in general, what you would be concerned about is that maybe, maybe this injury is severe enough given the fact that the Warriors are signing uh, Matt Barnes that Kevin Durant could be out. Could be. Again, I hate to talk about what the outcome of an MRA is going to be because you don't know in advance, but that Kevin Durant could be out for the rest of the season. Is that, am I hitting the alarm bell there too much, Danny G and Robert, or is it, fair to say potentially maybe he's gone well based on uh, some of the reports that uh you know mark stein of espn had said and ramona shelburne espn had said that they are expecting it at this point that it's going to be months so if that's two months if it goes up to three months 
then you're in danger of him not only missing the first few rounds of the playoffs, you're you're in danger of him missing the entire Western end of the finals of the well, of the playoffs. Not only that, I, it's an interesting question. Maybe one of you will remember this on Twitter. Who is the most talented player to miss substantial amounts of the playoffs and then come back and play well? I know Kevin Durant is an otherworldly kind of talent, but how many guys can you point to out there who come back and have the rhythm to come back and be really big-time playmakers in a playoff run? Let's say he's going to be out for the rest of the regular season. Would he be able to come back and play at a really high level? We'll talk about that on the flip side. Again, we're going to have the audio for you of this Kevin Durant story. We'll dive into that in hour two. We're also going to talk about Kirk Cousins and all of his big contract news as well as Eric Berry. Lots of NFL news coming down the pike as the NFL Combine continues as well. We'll be on top of it. I am Clay Travis. You can always hang with us. Thanks for spending the first hour here on Outkick the Coverage on the always entertaining, I hope, Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit Geico for geico.com for a free rate quote. If you have... Gone to sleep. Maybe you watched the president's address last night. Whether you're a Republican or a Democrat, hopefully Donald Trump sounds like that more often and also abandons his Twitter feed. But if you abandon your Twitter feed, you probably would not be aware of what happened with Kevin Durant last night. So Kevin Durant was playing against the Washington Wizards. He went back to his hometown, and he only played for two minutes, and he got his knee rolled up on. And let's go ahead and dive into some of the audio we have surrounding this issue. Uh, Trying to put it in perspective for you, it's hard to know exactly what the severity of this issue is going to be because there's virtually no real news out there. Other than Adrian Wojciechowski tweeting that Durant's camp is assuming the worst and bracing for news that he might be out months as opposed to weeks. And also, again, the fact that the Warriors have gone and signed Matt Barnes makes us believe that the news is not going to be great about Kevin Durant. Now, the difficulty every time you have one of these situations is sometimes MRI news is better than you expect. Sometimes it's worse than you expect. You really don't know anything. You're just kind of sitting around waiting for the impact, waiting for the shoe to drop, waiting for the actual information. But let's go. What do you think, Danny Jean Robert? Who's the best person to go to first to put this in context? Should we go to Steve Kerr? Should we go to one of the teammates? Should we go to the guy who rolled up on him from the Wizards? What's the uh, you guys spin the hits here and put us in order to kind of contextualize this story? Yeah, Clay. Let's start off with uh, Jason's favorite player, Draymond Green. He has yeah. good sports <laughs> takes here on this one. Go ahead and listen to Draymond. What was the feeling on the court when Kevin went down? Were you guys in the shot? I didn't notice it at first until um, he. Went into the timeout and he walked off the floor. Didn't even notice it. But obviously, after finding out, you know, just really hoping that it was a bone And obviously, that's still the hope. That's Draymond Green. Okay, here was Steve Kerr as well addressing the potential injury to Kevin Durant. I'm always concerned about um, any injury because you never know um, how bad it's going to be. So we'll, we'll just wait and see and keep our fingers crossed. And then, and I can never say his name particularly well, Zaza Pachuli. Pachulia. Pachulia. I was close. Uh, who rolled up on Kevin Durant, what he had to say. It was just my school play. I mean, right? It was just my school play. Did you even know you hit him? Did it feel like a big play? No, I didn't know he was behind. You guys think I did on purpose? <laughs> no. <laughs> 
and there was no way on earth that it could possibly be on purpose. I mean, it was really an innocuous play. You would never have assumed that he was going to get injured on this play. It was just he was falling down, and Durant was right behind him, caught his foot. And if you watch it in slow motion, and I did, and again, I hate to be the person who's going back and watching all these plays in slow motion. When you go back and watch it in slow motion, there's no doubt that his knee was hyperextended. The question is just how severe is the injury going to be? If, in fact, he is out substantial amounts of time, I asked this on Twitter, and I'm, I'm curious if anybody can think of it. I'm going to go around the horn and see if you guys can remember anybody. Can you guys remember a top player who was out for part of the playoffs and came back in the middle of them? Now, I know, look, today is March 1. Welcome to the month of March. And there are only 22 now regular season games left. The Warriors could certainly get through the first couple of rounds of the playoffs, I would imagine, without too much difficulty and be able to move along into the Western Conference. But how hard is it to integrate Kevin Durant back into the flow of the offense, back into the flow of this team, if he's missing the final bunches of uh, the games in the regular season, and then he comes back just in time for the playoffs? It's almost hard to discuss because you don't know how severe the issue is. And if we find out later today, oh, you know, it's just a uh, it's a hyperextension and he's out two weeks, then we'll have come in, we'll set around and debated the overall impact of a Kevin Durant injury without having enough information to actually have a basis of knowledge. I'm just working off the assumption here of the Adrian Wojciechowski tweet, which is saying that the that Kevin Durant's camp is bracing for months as opposed to weeks, and the fact that the Warriors went out and signed Matt Barnes. I think it's fair to say that if they expected that Kevin Durant was only going to miss a couple of weeks, I don't think they would have gone out and signed Matt Barnes. So I think the Warriors are bracing for bad news is that a ridiculous position Jason Martin no not at all I mean they they clearly are but I I don't know I I, it's all speculative right now you look at it if you look at the important time in terms of all of this regular season ends about the middle of April so we're talking about six weeks from now the Western Conference finals are about 10 weeks away from beginning the NBA finals are basically three months from right now in terms of when game one would be starting. That's a long time. If we go from hyperextended knee to out for three months, that just it strikes me as odd. Like watching the play, it was pretty innocuous, and sometimes innocuous can end up costing you a season. We watched Marcus Mariota, and when we first saw that, it didn't look that bad, and it turns out that you never know how the body is going to react. But the Warriors have to do what they have to do. They go grab a swingman that plays KD's position to make sure that they don't blow a four-game lead over the San Antonio Spurs so they hold on to that number one seed. But really, I don't think until you get to the Western Conference Finals, because right now they'd be playing the Clippers of the Jazz, I think, in the second round. Both those teams are good, but I think even without Kevin Durant, the Warriors get through that. So I think you're looking at as long as he's back within 10 weeks. And the question being, can he get back into the fold? And I think that's the... That's the deal, and I guess it just depends on severity. I I think there's so much talent around him that it's not like he has to walk on the floor and get 30 and 15 on his first night. It's not like coming back in Oklahoma City when he was injured and being expected to do everything. So he would have a chance to maybe work his way back in gradually. I just think we're all in a waiting game right now, and it's it's sort of dangerous because everything turns into, well, if this happens, then this happens, and maybe not, and then this will happen. I think tomorrow is the day that we'll all be discussing this with actually some kind of expertise behind it. And expertise meaning somebody's going to tell us what the overall impact is. Exactly. I think I think that in general, Danny G and Robert, do you disagree with any of that? I mean, it's hard to know exactly how to react to this because we don't have that much information. Yeah, and I agree with most of what Jason said, but Jason, how do you work yourself 
back in if it's during the finals. Well, if it's the finals, that's one thing. I mean, that's 10 to 12 weeks away. The finals start in three months. I don't think Kevin Durant's going to be out for three months. I just don't. I, I You know, I, I do think that the Warriors, I, you know, you saw the reports that it was a somber locker room, but then Draymond Green kind of tried to say that it wasn't a somber locker room, which is kind of his job. I just don't think they know. I mean, I guess the Warriors probably know by now. If he had an MRI last night, they probably should have the results, which I'm almost surprised that we haven't already yeah. heard something. But yeah, maybe the they're M- just trying the, to get in front of the news cycle. Yeah, you're right. The MRI took place already. They're just not going to release it to us until today. Yes, which is a little frustrating. Which is also, again, why I say they signed Matt Barnes, because I don't think they would sign Matt Barnes unless they knew somewhat already the impact. Now, by the way, I reached out to one of my friends in the odds-making business John Campbell, who is at Odd Shark, we're probably going to have him on maybe tomorrow to talk about the potential impact of the Kevin Durant injury in the odds makers uh, markets for the NBA. I asked him if Kevin Durant was out for the rest of the season. Let's say this is the worst possible news for the Warriors. What would this do to the Warriors' odds? He says Golden State would still be favored to win the title. It's kind of putting it in perspective even without Kevin Durant. It would be more likely than not, even with Kevin Durant out for the rest of the season, according to Vegas odds makers. Now, this is just him. Everybody can have differing opinions. But if you're trying to contextualize, okay, what could the impact be if Kevin Durant is out for the entire rest of the season? Uh, If he doesn't come back for the final 22 games of the regular season, doesn't play in any of the playoff games, what he tells me is that the Warriors would still be favored to win the overall NBA title, even without... Kevin Durant. That makes sense, but I think a lot of times when there's an injury, the natural reaction is to say, oh my God, let's run for the hills. But remember, this is a team, even without Kevin Durant, that should have won back-to-back NBA titles, and obviously Kevin Durant has made them a lot better. They've lost Andrew Bogut, who reports are, is going to sign with the Cleveland Cavaliers, potentially still angry over that result, the fact that he was kicked to the curb for Kevin Durant. That would be a heck of a storyline in the NBA Finals if he ends up going up against his old team. But in general, even without Kevin Durant, this Warrior team would be favored to still win the NBA title. Now, Mm. it certainly changes things substantially if you're a Cleveland Cavalier fan because for LeBron James and company, assuming they stay relatively healthy and and remember Kevin Love is coming off of an injury situation there. Kyrie Irving is always hurt, it seems like. But assuming the Cavs could stay relatively healthy, then they would have to like their chances to be able to repeat as well. So I've said it for a long time. The only thing that could make this NBA season have some drama is if the Warriors or the Cavs had a substantial injury that was going to last for the rest of the season. And maybe that has happened with Kevin Durant. We just don't know enough about the overall impact of this injury yet. Again, if you're just getting into your car, just starting your day, all we know right now is that Adrian Wojciechowski has said that the Kevin Durant camp is is bracing for months, not weeks, in terms of the impact of this injury that he suffered last night against the Washington Wizards, and that the Golden State Warriors have gone out and signed Matt Barnes. Neither one of those stories suggests that this is going to be a minor impact, but We never know with these injury reports. Sometimes you hear, oh, a guy's done, and then the things come back, and you say, oh, he's only out a couple of weeks. Other times you think, oh, they're bracing, they they expect good news, doesn't look that bad, and you find out that somebody has severely injured themselves and they're out for the rest of the season. You never really know, and odds are we're not going to know until later today. Maybe some of this news will start to trickle out over the course of today's show. Probably unlikely. It's probably likely that we're going to be discussing the impact of this injury again tomorrow. 
and we'll actually know what has happened then. Okay, we're going to take a break here momentarily, but I want to come back uh, for segment two. We're going to be joined, by the way, by Barrett Salee. We haven't talked a lot about this. I'm curious what the overall impact is going to be with Ole Miss. We haven't even talked about Baylor's Kim Mulkey. There were a lot of stories that happened over the weekend that we haven't even hit yet. We're going to hit that at the bottom of the hour. But next segment, I want to dive into this Kirk Cousins decision. I think it's absolutely fascinating. And in hour three of the show today, we're going to be joined by Chad Dukes. He hosts a really popular show in the Washington, D.C. area. Kirk Cousins getting $24 million, roughly, dollars as a second straight year franchise quarterback. He's now made $43 million over two years. There's also a report out there that maybe, maybe the Browns, as the NFL Combine gets rolling, and we started off the show talking about the NFL Combine. I love the Combine. It's officially off and running. That the Browns might be interested in giving up their number one pick to try to get Kirk Cousins. I actually don't think that's a good move for the Redskins to even consider. We're going to dive into the NFL quarterback market Kirk Cousins, Eric Berry, everything that happened yesterday in the NFL, and a little bit combine talk. Then we'll get to Barrett Salee. Final hour, we'll go in heavy at uh, 8.15 Eastern with Chad Dukes and discuss this Washington Redskins decision and exactly what is going on with Kirk Cousins. But in the meantime, let me go ahead and tell you what you need to do, and that is you need to thank one of our sponsors here because this show is brought to you by True Car. With TrueCar, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and, on average, save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I'm Clay Travis. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios, uh, let me figure out what I need to do here, and I need to say... Duralast batteries proven tough and designed to stand up to even the most extreme weather conditions with patented technology to deliver the most power during startup. Get in the zone. AutoZone, always in the zone here with Outkick the Coverage. Uh, We are talking about the Kevin Durant news and what exactly you know about the Kevin Durant news. The answer is we don't know much. So I, I said that's kind of an interesting story. We'll probably learn more. We'll continue to talk about it over the course of the show, update you as anything else continues to unspool there. But to me... This story is pretty fascinating about NFL quarterbacks. We know right now that all that matters in the NFL is your quarterback. You can sit around and watch the NFL combine going on and convince yourself that your team is a good middle linebacker away from winning a Super Bowl. You can convince yourself that all you need is a corner or that all you need is a good wide receiver or that if you get the right running back, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara – one of the top three guys probably to come out of this draft at running back position, that your team is set to roll into Minneapolis this year and contend for a Super Bowl championship. You're wrong. All that really matters is your quarterback. If you have a top 12-ish quarterback, then you can win a Super Bowl. If you don't, then you can't. Everything else is a total waste of analysis. That's why I think GMs are overrated in the NFL. That's why I think that coaches are overrated in the NFL. Now, if you have a top 12 quarterback, that's where things can kind of start to get interesting because then you can figure out all the other positions that surround them. Although, remember, in last year's uh, NFL playoffs, as we talked about substantially, they have had an interesting decision every week. All you had to do was bet on the better quarterback. All you had to do was bet on the better quarterback with the possible exception, the possible exception of Aaron Rodgers 
over Matt Ryan. But Matt Ryan drastically outplayed him in that game. And really, you can argue that in every game, and I think there was whatever there was, 11 NFL playoff games, in 11 NFL playoff games, the better quarterback won all 11 games. Again, the only possible exception is Aaron Rodgers losing to Matt Ryan. That's the only one that I would say, okay, you can have an argument that maybe the inferior quarterback won that game. And we're talking about inferior quarterback. We're talking about Matt Ryan having an MVP caliber season. So I don't even think that's necessarily the case. But really, you can say fairly, worst case scenario, the better quarterback went 10-1. and More likely, the better quarterback went 11-0. and Why does that matter? Well, because... As a result of the importance of quarterbacks, it's not just that really good quarterbacks never hit the market. In the entirety of the NFL, the only quarterbacks to win a Super Bowl and hit the market as unrestricted free agents, having been proven in any way to be good quarterbacks already, are two guys. Drew Brees, who was coming off a significant injury with the San Diego Chargers, Rip, Rip San Diego Chargers, and was backed up at that time by Phillip Rivers, a guy that the team, what's fair to say, was very confident in. They let him go. And at that time, you'll remember that Nick Saban passed on signing Drew Brees because the Miami Dolphins, like a lot of other NFL doctors and NFL teams, did not believe that Drew Brees and his shoulder was ever going to recover and that he would have a long-lasting NFL career. So there was tremendous injury concerns about Drew Brees. He won, He came back to his credit, won New Orleans, a Super Bowl, will be a first ballot NFL Hall of Famer. The other one is Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning had set out the whole year. He had had neck surgery. He had no arm strength. There was legitimate concern about whether he would ever be able to play anywhere near the same caliber of level that he had been playing in the NFL. Denver Broncos went and signed him. He played four great years walked off, rode off into the sunset with a Super Bowl. Those are the only two times we've ever seen unrestricted free agents who have gone on to win the Super Bowl in the modern era. I say that for this reason. It's not just signing really good quarterbacks that happens in the NFL. It's guys who are very mediocre. And I think Kirk Cousins is somewhere around the 10 to 12th the best quarterback in the NFL. And to his and his representation's credit, and we're going to talk about this in the final hour with Chad Dukes in greater detail, he's gotten franchised back-to-back years and made a neighborhood, I believe, of $43 million in the past two years. He now, given the fact that he's been franchised this year, worst-case scenario is going to make $27 or $28 million next year, probably will get around $60 million guaranteed, may well be able to pick his destination now whether that is the L.A. Rams, if Jared Goff doesn't pan out and he goes back with Sean McVay, his old offensive coordinator, or if it's San Francisco with the 49ers. Maybe the report is out there. I think this is crazy. I don't think the Redskins are going to do it. But maybe they'll even consider trading Kirk Cousins to the Cleveland Browns to get that overall number one pick. Now, I don't think that's going to happen because I think you can make an argument You may call me crazy, but I think you can make an argument that Kirk Cousins could be, could be, certainly he's good enough to get him to the playoffs. They should have been in the playoffs this year if they didn't choke. Who'd they choke to? The Giants, the final week of the season? 
<coughs> Giants had almost nothing to play for. Redskins went out, should have been able to lock up a playoff spot. Instead, they choked it away. They should have been able to make the playoffs last year. They certainly have enough talent. But Kirk Cousins was pretty fantastic at times. But that's how desperate the NFL quarterbacking market is that you can't let a guy like Kirk Cousins hit a market because guess what? He might make $30 million on the open market. We really don't know what would happen if a top quarterback ever hit the free agent market. What would Aaron Rodgers be worth if he hit the open market right now? Think about the impact that Aaron Rodgers could make on your team. You put Aaron Rodgers on any team in the NFL, and that team's making the playoffs. Again, I'm going to reiterate that. You put Aaron Rodgers on any team in the NFL, and that team's making the playoffs, I think, in year one. Not only are they making the playoffs in year one, if you want to extend it, like, let's say the next five years, I would bet an inordinate amount of money that as long as Aaron Rodgers is healthy, that team is going to make the playoffs three of the next five years at least. That's if you put Aaron Rodgers on the Browns. That's if you put Aaron Rodgers on the 49ers. I think that he makes that much difference immediately. Quarterbacks win games in this league. And so what would Aaron Rodgers' value be on the open market? $40 million a year? Would somebody pay him $50 million a year with the way that the NFL salary cap is continuing to grow every year? Is there a dollar figure where Aaron Rodgers doesn't make sense? I would love to see and know what he would make on the open market. We'll talk about this more. What's too much? Danny G and Robert, what would you pay? And Jason Martin, we'll go around the horn. What is Aaron Rodgers' open value right now if he were a total free agent on the market? Would he make $40 million? I'd pay him $40 million if it was me. I mean, you're a Broncos fan. Do you think yes. the Broncos, if they had Aaron Rodgers, would win the Super Bowl in the next I've, three years? Absolutely. No doubt, right? They have yes. a great defense. They have really talented wide receivers, Demarius Thomas, Manuel Sanders. They can go get a running back. Packers didn't have a running back this year, and they were still really good because Aaron Rodgers is so good. I have zero doubt that if the Denver Broncos went out and signed Aaron Rodgers, that they would win, a, win the Super Bowl in the next three years. Don't I have any care. doubt. For $40 million a year, you're basically asking how much is the Super Bowl worth to you. Danny G and Robert, what do you think? Is $40 million too much? No. If I'm the Browns owner, I take out my checkbook, give him a blank check, and say, fill it in. Now, it's never happened. We've never seen anybody. But I, the reason why I'm using Aaron Rodgers as an example, I think Kirk Cousins potentially is going to become as close to that as we have ever seen. We'll talk. Uh, we're going to dive back into this, continue to talk about this, continue to talk about the Kevin Durant news. We'll keep you updated on that. Uh, and uh, we will talk about that more. We're going to talk to Barrett Salee from Bleacher Report. I haven't talked much about this disastrous situation that Ole Miss finds itself in. Is Hugh Freeze going to get fired? And also, we haven't talked about the Kim Mulkey, Baylor women's basketball coach, going off on everybody. We'll talk about both those things with Barrett Salee uh, here momentarily, but first, let's find out what's trending now. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Join now by Barrett Salee. He works at Sirius XM. He does a little bit of everything. We, of course, are live on Sirius XM channel 83 right now. Barrett, what's up, my man? How are you? 
Good, Clay. What's going on? I am uh, fantastic. So uh, no complaints at all in uh, in my life. We Last week I was on vacation at Disney World, so I managed to survive there with three kids. I know you're going there mm-hmm. soon with yours as well. Yeah, I'm, I am. It's, uh, it's always an adventure at Disney World. It's uh, the 10.30 a.m. Hollywood Studios dad nod for drinking heavily at 10.30 is always a, a right of spring break for me. There's no doubt at all. So I didn't talk. I wasn't on the show last week when all the news came out about Ole Miss uh, getting the additional charges against them for violating NCAA rules when they announced that they were giving up a bowl game in 2017, that they were giving up nearly $8 million in additional income from the SEC, and all of those other fallouts. And it seems like Hugh Freeze is really under siege there. So I want to start with this question. What are the chances, in your opinion, that Hugh Freeze coaches every game for Ole Miss in 2017? Uh, in 2017, coaches every single game, the chance is zero. Like, there's there's no chance that he's not going to get suspended because when you look at that, the new matrix, the new penalty matrix for um, specifically the failure to monitor charge, it's directly uh, geared at head coaches. It, it's directly geared at eliminating uh, plausible deniability, so to speak. Um, coaches in the past, you know, before this whole punishment structure existed, you know, basically, I don't want to know, and if I don't know, what you're doing below me, I can't get in trouble for it. Well, that's not true anymore. Uh, Jim Beheim got suspended. Jim Calhoun got suspended. Larry Brown got suspended. Um, all of those, you know, were basically the, not the same issues, but the same uh, same part of the punishment matrix of the NCAA. So I, I think a suspension, if that charge sticks, and there's no reason to, to think that it won't, uh, there's no doubt he's going to be suspended. The question is going to be how long is he suspended, and is it going to be worth it for Ole Miss to keep him around uh, after that suspension uh, is, is done, and the answer is probably going to be no. So you think I, I'm in agreement with you? I think that Hugh Freeze is not going to be the head coach at Ole Miss going forward. What in the world does this message send? Is it the right message that we're sending? Because I think what the NCAA is trying to say, and we're talking to Barrett Salee, what they're trying to say is you can't bury your head in the sand if you're a head coach making millions of dollars a year if your assistant coaches are behaving contrary to the rules you can't just throw them out and say oh I didn't know you're responsible because you should have known is that the right goal yeah that, that, that's basically the goal and I think it, it's one thing to say hey look all right you know you're getting you know some some impermissible benefits lodging travel or whatever on a couple of recruits visits I mean the NCAA rule book reads like Homer's the Odyssey I mean it's impossible to know every single thing so you're going to have people cut corners whether it's on purpose or, or by accident, but all of these things together, you know, $15,000 worth of stuff to a prospect who didn't sign at your school uh, on top of, you know, a bunch of other different uh, things running through the athletic department. That's just bad cheating. That's cheating. Uh, you know, uh, that's just sloppy. Um, and, and so I think uh, it, all of those things together makes it really hard for Hugh Freeze to sell the idea of him not knowing this. And and so he can sell it and he can argue it. I just don't think that it's going to be successful. And I think it's clear based on, you know, the way Ole Miss sort of built a fence around Hugh Freeze. They want to fight to keep him the way that the NCAA, you know, basically geared all of these things toward the head coach. They want his blood and we'll see who blinks first. And I got a feeling it's going to be Ole Miss because, when all is said and done, they can try to defend their guy, but if, if they can sacrifice the head coach to maybe keep another year of the bull band, uh, 
you know, to keep a, keep a second year off the books, uh, they're going to do that because if they, if Ole Miss gets another bowl ban on top of the one itself imposed itself, if it's two or more years, all of their players can transfer without penalty, and that's the last thing Ole Miss needs. They, they would rather have a look for a new head coach than basically have their roster going. There's no doubt at all. We're talking to Barrett Salee, and Barrett, where do you think this ends for Ole Miss? How many years is Ole Miss going to? They went five and seven this year. It's not like they were having an incredible season, but the two prior years were very good. Where does this end for Ole Miss? When are they back to quote unquote normal? Is this a four year process, a five year process, a three year process? When would you bet on Ole Miss being good enough to beat Alabama again? I say four years um, because I do think they're going to get a second bowl, a year of the bowl band, which means you're going to have open season recruiting their players, including Jay Patterson and a bunch of other guys they just signed last year. Um, so their roster is going to be gutted. It's going to take a while to build it back up. Uh, but once you kind of get through it, you know, after the fourth year, you know, you're, you're at a position where, okay, you can sell the future. You can sell, okay, we're coming out of this and we're going to be better for it. And all it takes is a couple of, of superstar players that are game changers and, and you can compete. So, you know, I'd say it's going to be really bad for, for two, three years. But by the fourth year, they'll probably be out of it and at least competitive. And if they, find a guy or two that they can sort of build around that want to be a part of the rebirth. And, and there are always are guys like that. Uh, they can be competitive again, but it's going to take a while. I mean, look at USC. You know, when they, Lane Kiffin got dealt a bad hand at USC, they were awful under him because of the sanctions, not because of him. Uh, and they came out of it pretty well. Um, I think, you know, it, it's a slower timeline for Ole Miss, certainly because of, of the fact that it's not a prestigious program. Um, but, you know, it's, it, that's why they're going to have to sort of take the, the Baylor route. Baylor hired Matt Rule and gave him a seven-year contract because they know it's going to suck for a while. Now, the situations are different in terms of what, what the, the problems are at each school, but I think that the, the resolution is basically the same. Find an up-and-comer who wants to be part of something, give them a lot of money, give them a lot of job security, and say, dude, we're going to be patient with you. If they do that, they can, uh, they can get out of this. What did you think about well, – you mentioned Baylor – what did you think about Kim Mulkey, the Baylor women's basketball coach, coming out, going off the top rope, basically on any critics that Baylor had out there? I mean, look, I understand that that's her employer, and she's going to have to defend her employer. But um, I wouldn't send my daughter to Baylor. That's a legitimate concern. You know, to, 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 to sort of pass off uh, the idea that parents shouldn't be concerned about their daughter's safety at a place like Baylor that's had so many issues. Um, that's incredibly insulting. And my daughter's a year old. I'm not, I don't have to worry about this for 17 more years. But if she was 17 right now, would I let her apply to Baylor? Hell no, I wouldn't let her apply to Baylor. Um, and that's a legitimate concern. I don't, I don't want her to get raped. I mean, that's, how, how, how simple is that? So, um, you know, I understand she wants to fight for her school and have to defend her uh, employer and all that stuff. That's fine. Just choose your words a little more carefully because you come off sounding like an idiot. We're talking to Barrett Salee. You can follow him on Twitter, at Barrett Salee. You worked for Bleacher Report for a long time, and Mm -hmm. I'm sure you saw the controversy that came out of the Mark Cuban emails and the decision to uh, pull the tweet that that Cuban found to be uh, unacceptable that was written about Dirk Nowitzki. What do you think about that in general? Um, And and I bet the answer is that you've never had to have anything pulled based on a complaint as a college football, but I wrote about it, and I said, I find it troubling, just from a media perspective, that something that inconsequential 
could be pulled and an apology put up when I didn't think Bleacher Report did anything wrong. Uh, what were your thoughts on that in general? How common do you think things like that are? I don't think they're very common, and I don't, I don't like it. I mean, I think, you know, you can't, you know, cast out to what owners and, and the people you're covering want you to cover. That's state-run media. That's not how things are supposed to be. And now, granted, I know, you know, there's been issues with other, you know, leagues and, and, and outlets that have tie-ins and, and contracts with those leagues in the past, but you still have to be able to cover the sport. So, um, I, you know, uh, it wasn't even that big of a deal, I thought. Um, you know, sending the apology tweet and pulling it, I thought was, uh, was a little unnecessary, but again, um, I think not to get inside baseball, it's an interesting time at BR. And, you know, when you, when you want to be social and you want to rule the moment, um, you got to take a little bit of a, a, a chance here and there with, with how you do that. And it's going to happen again. And now I think it's pretty clear if that's going to be the, uh, the goal for BR, then you're going to have some people that that fight back because they know now they can win that fight. A hundred percent. I think that's true. We're talking to Barrett Salee. So uh, I'll leave you with, uh, with this question. The NFL combine is now off and running. Is there somebody that you watched in college football this year that you think is going to have a great combine and that maybe is a little bit under the radar, but if you're an NFL fan, you want that guy on your team. I always like to ask people who cover college football because there's so many people who are NFL fans that have no idea what actually happened in college football, and this is when they finally <laughs> start to pay attention. And they come out, you always, you always see this, right? Somebody comes out and they're like, man, this Leonard Fournette guy is really big and really strong. And you're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> you know, uh, this, this Dalvin Cook guy is really shifty. Yeah, we know. We watched the season all year round. Is there a guy out there that, to you, you expect to blow up and get a lot of attention at the Combine? Yeah, at the combine. Let me tell you about Cam Newton. That guy's a yeah. freak show. Yeah. Have you heard about him? Yeah. Um, no, I, you know, I, I think the guy is Alvin Kamara just because for Tennessee, he was kind of a bit, not the big player, the, the, the sort of change up back. And, and really, that's not who he is. Um, he's, a, he's as good of a running back as Alvin Cook. He's as good of a running back as, uh, as Leonard Fournette. He's never had the opportunity. Obviously, his career was sort of star-crossed going to Alabama. And then, you know, even going to Duke and Tennessee, where he never uh, seemed to be the number one guy. Um, that's actually probably a good thing because, you know, it's a, it's a position where you don't want to have a lot of, uh, of wear on your tires and he doesn't. So um, from, a, from, a, from a combine standpoint, from a measurable standpoint, pro day standpoint, all that stuff, um, he's going to knock people's socks off because he's just a freak. Um, durability, is that a concern? Yeah, because you haven't seen him have to be durable in his career. That doesn't necessarily mean he can't do it, though. Outstanding stuff as always, Barrett. Encourage people to go follow you at Barrett Salee, and we'll continue to have you on pretty regular, my man. Good luck at Disney. All right. Thanks. I'm going to need a 25,000 steps today. Yeah, no doubt at all. That is Barrett Salee. Again, go follow him on Twitter at Barrett Salee. Let me go ahead and knock this out for you guys. Duralast batteries proven tough and designed to stand up to even the most extreme weather conditions with patented technology to deliver the most power during startup. Get in the zone, AutoZone. We're always in the zone here at OutKick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. When you really need to be there, you really need an interstate. The car battery auto techs prefer. Let one of those techs test your battery today. Find a location near you at interstatebatteries.com. Interstate batteries, outrageously dependable. A little bit of news. Uh, One, a lot of you out there have been saying, why is OutKick not on iTunes? Why can I not listen to OutKick the coverage on iTunes? I hear this all the time. 
today is your lucky day because my understanding is, Danny G and Robert, you guys can back me up here, Fox Sports Radio shows will now all be available on iTunes. The podcast will still be up. Yes. The podcast will still be up at foxsportsradio.com, but you will now have the ability to go and download this podcast on iTunes. Many of you have wanted that for a long time can help with your data plans, can help with you avoiding work, can help with all of those aspects of your life. So you now have that opportunity as well. All the different ways you can listen to this, 240 affiliate stations nationwide. Uh, my guy, Kirk Kressmer, just, uh, and I just mangled his name there, but he just uh, texted me and told me that we've added a bunch more affiliates. We continue to roll up affiliates. So I want to welcome uh, Williamsport, Pennsylvania, as well as Greenville, North Carolina. Both of those uh, locations continue uh, to add a lot of affiliates all over the place. We're also now, if you're listening to us in Houston, uh, we're now on in the evenings. Sometimes in Houston, if you're in Indianapolis, we're on in the evenings now in Indianapolis. The show is going so well that now even places where they have local shows in the morning, they want this show now in the evenings too, even though we're obviously on starting your morning. So a lot of different parts of the country, you'll be able to hear this show in the afternoon as well as in the morning. And again, you now have iTunes. So for everybody out there who's been asking about this, Sirius Satellite Radio Channel 83, 240-some-odd affiliate stations nationwide, both morning for the vast majority and then some places in the afternoon. And now, now you can go and supplement foxsportsradio.com where you could always go and listen to the show. Now you can download Outkick the Coverage on iTunes. I'm told it should be available today. So that, my friends, is a big addition couple of uh, news stories that we are tracking today as we come down uh, the home stretch of Hour 2 and prepare for Hour 3. We're going to talk with Chad Dukes. He has a really successful show in the Washington, D.C. area in Hour 3 about this Kirk Cousins decision. What does it say about the quarterback position? What does he anticipate is going to happen there? News stories that we are tracking. We don't know the overall impact or the likely outcome of the Kevin Durant injury last night in the Washington Wizards game. We will hit that again at the top of the hour three here coming back out of the next break. But just a heads up, Kevin Durant injured last night, left after only two minutes. The Golden State Warriors have since signed Matt Barnes. The potential is that he is now going to be replacing Kevin Durant for a substantial amount of time on that Warriors roster. How long will Kevin Durant be out? We may find out today. Uh, as my friend, uh, as several people are tweeting on Twitter, everybody else, the Warriors gave up a 3-1 deficit, 3-1 lead in the uh, NBA Finals. Well, it's also 3-1. So we will see exactly what happens there, whether or not it is going to be a, uh, a, a bad day for Warriors fans or one where hopefully you find out, okay, he's only out a few weeks. He'll be back in time for the playoffs. I did check with my odds maker friends at Oddshark. And they told me that even with Kevin Durant out for the rest of the season, that the Warriors would still be favored to win the NBA title. So if you are a Houston Rockets fan, if you are a fan of the San Antonio Spurs, if you are someone sitting out there in the Western Conference, or certainly if you're a Cavs fan, just because the Warriors would lose Kevin Durant does not mean that this team would fall off the radar. Obviously, that makes sense to anybody who follows the NBA because the Warriors, even without Kevin Durant, should be should be the two-time consecutive defending champs but we'll find out today later in the meantime we are waiting on news about Kevin Durant we will come back and talk about this and give you the audio from last night's game and you can assess for yourself the overall impact of that final segment of final hour coming up next I am Clay Travis you are listening to outkick the coverage 
Go subscribe on iTunes. We're rolling now. We're everywhere. Can't avoid us on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Fox Sports Radio Studios brought to you by GEICO. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit GEICO.com for a free rate quote. 80-mile-an-hour winds just hit Nashville. I know you guys are all over the country listening right now, but I'm a weather geek, and the power just went out here for momentarily. I don't know what's going to happen. Final hour of the show. Anything can always happen on this show, but when 80-mile-an-hour winds and tornadoes start rolling through town, no idea what's going to happen. So uh, maybe we can set over-unders on whether or not I'm going to get zapped off the air here. But so far, we continue to roll. Let me go ahead and hit out the, uh, the second ad. Because the worst thing that could happen is we get knocked off the air and we don't make the money for our ads. This show brought to you by True Car. With True Car, you can find out what other people in your area paid for the same car you're looking for and on average save over three grand off MSRP. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Okay, a couple of big news that we are tracking here. I think the biggest number one overall story right now is actually the NFL Combine. That's what the most of you care about. And we started off the show talking about that. Uh, Big news, as we just announced in the last segment, you can now go listen to the show on iTunes. So you can go back on Fox Sports Radio. You can hear me talking with Jeff Schwartz, who went to the Combine several years ago. You can hear me talking about my experience training for the NFL Combine as part of a book I wrote called Rough Draft as a 28-year-old. I'm now 37, so nine years ago. I went and worked out with all these guys who ended up going to the combine and playing in the NFL. I did everything they did. I did the bench press. I did the 40 and everything associated with that. And uh, the result is a pretty great book. And I need to put it out and make sure everybody can read it. Um, And uh, also, you can go back and listen to that conversation in hour one. Two major stories that we are tracking that we don't really have a lot of info on is number one, the Kevin Durant story. Kevin Durant went out last night in the game against the Washington Wizards. He went back to his hometown region of Washington, D.C., only played two minutes, got his knee rolled up on. We don't know the severity of that injury. We do know that Adrian Wojciechowski tweeted out late last night that the Warriors are expecting, or sorry, the Kevin Durant camp is expecting months instead of weeks in terms of the amount of time that he could miss. I think our crack research team found out that there is, what, 13 weeks until the start of the NBA Finals. Is that correct, guys? Yes, 13 weeks until the start of the NBA Finals. So if you were out for months, then theoretically that's three months and a little bit of change between now and when the season could officially really probably get started in the NBA. And what I mean by that is everybody's been anticipating it's Cavs-Warriors in the Finals. I talked to my guys at Odd Shark. They are gambling experts. You can go to oddshark.com and check this out for yourself. But what they said is even if Kevin Durant were out for the rest of the season – that the Warriors would still be favored to win the NBA title. Let's go around the horn here. First of all, it's hard to speculate. And by the way, the Warriors have since signed Matt Barnes. Those are two signs. That is the report from Adrian Wojciechowski as well as the report that the Warriors have signed Matt Barnes. Matt Barnes reacted to the injury in typical Matt Barnes fashion. He said, uh, and I quote, this is from ESPN.com, it's a dream come true. I feel like I helped start something in 2007. He was a warrior back then, and now I'm coming back to help finish it. In an Instagram post late Tuesday night, Barnes called this, quote, the happiest day of my life after the birth of his children. Here is what he put on Instagram. Wish I could bring you two with me. And he's got a picture of himself with Steven Jackson and also with Baron Davis. 
I'm at a loss for and it's a picture of himself in the Golden State Warrior outfit. I'm at a loss for words right now. Next to the birth of my children, this is the happiest day of my life. Coming back to where it all started, hashtag God is good. And that was a incredible situation there. So we'll find out exactly what's going to happen. Um, overall impact. You can't really speculate because you don't know how long he is out. Let's say it's the worst case scenario and that Kevin Durant is out for the rest of the season. Let's go around the horn. Jason Martin, would you still pick the Warriors to win the NBA title? No, definitely not. I would, would definitely pick? pick the Cavs. So you have to you would favor the Cavs if Kevin Durant's out for the rest of the season? Absolutely. Uh, Danny G and Robert, which way would you guys break? I would still have the Warriors as a slight favorite. I'm with you guys. I, I, I go Warriors. I mean, and Vegas would agree with me. Uh, according to Odd Shark, they would be minus 110, right about even money to win still the NBA title. Would they have more difficulty getting past the Houston Rockets? Yes. Would they have more difficulty getting past the San Antonio Spurs? Certainly. But remember, this is a team that should have won two straight titles even without Kevin Durant. We don't know how healthy Kevin Love will be when he comes back. We don't know if Kyrie Irving will be able to stay healthy because he never can seem to stay healthy. But certainly the odds increase substantially for the Warriors not to win the title if Kevin Durant is injured. And it certainly changes the NBA season in a substantial fashion if he misses a lot of games. And signing of Matt Barnes seems to suggest that is a a very real possibility. Okay, in the next segment, we are going to talk to Chad Dukes. He hosts a very popular show in the Washington, D.C. area about what I think is the other major story that we have been tracking today, and that is the decision of the Washington Redskins to franchise tag Kirk Cousins for a second straight season, giving him in the neighborhood of $24 million guaranteed. He made around $19 million last year. Between those two years now, Kirk Cousins is going to make $43 million. And the Washington Redskins are up against it because Cousins has absolutely no reason whatsoever to now sign a long-term extension with the Washington Redskins. Would they franchise tag him for a third year? I'm not even sure. I don't. How many guys have even been franchise tagged for a third year? I believe that would give him complete free agency because you can only franchise tag a guy for three years. We're going to dive into that with Chad Dukes uh, again momentarily here coming out of the break. And we will discuss that with him to see whether or not he thinks that's a smart decision. Do the Redskins have any idea what they're doing? Is this report that potentially the Cleveland Browns are offering the overall number one pick a valid story? Is there any possibility that the Redskins could try to trade Kirk Cousins instead of letting him walk away? What is going to happen here? What in the world have the Redskins been thinking? We will dive into that story. Reminder, again, I think the number one overall story even though the Kevin Durant thing is uncertain, is that the NBA, the NFL Combine is going on. NFL Combine is wildly popular, and you guys are all diving in. There's a couple of weird stories out there. The NFL is not allowing Joe Mixon, Chad Kelly, and the receiver for the Baylor Bears, who had an issue with, a, uh, with I think, beating a dog on video. They're not allowed to participate in the NFL Combine, but they are allowed to be drafted which, as one of you pointed out to me on Twitter last night, makes absolutely no sense. What in the world would be the rationale for why it makes sense to have guys not able to go to the combine and run the 40-yard dash and do all of the different related issues surrounding those drills and then also allow them to be drafted? 
It just doesn't make any sense at all. It's a really kind of strange setup. But the NFL Combine is going on, and we got to figure out what's going to happen at the quarterback position. There is real uncertainty. Deshaun Watson, we had him on at the Super Bowl. Deshaun Watson said he was going to throw and do every drill at the Combine. He told us that on the air, and he has since confirmed it. Deshaun Watson is in the mix. Deshaun Kaiser is in the mix to be the overall number one quarterback and the guy that sounds like the guy that the Cleveland Browns would draft, and then he ends up not panning out, and he becomes like a story for years to come. Mitch Trubisky, the quarterback from North Carolina. Reports are as many as four or five different guys could go in the first round. Again, it's a quarterback league, which is how you end up with Kirk Cousins making $24 million this year because all that matters in the NFL is your quarterback. And if you don't have a quarterback, you have to chase your tail out there and find a way to find a quarterback. And so everybody's going to dive back in. We'll start to see these guys all compete against each other for the first time since the Senior Bowl. Again, we're going to talk to Chad Dukes. I am completely fascinated by this story about Kirk Cousins and the Washington Redskins because as I started off the show and I talked throughout the show, there have only been two quarterbacks, guys, who have won Super Bowls and been free agents. Most of the time, you get your quarterback through the draft. Only other exception I can think of is Kurt Warner, and he came from the Arena Football League and now is a Hall of Famer, effectively. And he won a Super Bowl with the St. Louis Rams before they moved to L.A., obviously. Other than that, only two times has a really proven quarterback hit hit free agency and gone on to win a Super Bowl after hitting free agency. And both of those guys had major health issues. Drew Brees, if you remember him when he was with the San Diego Chargers, he got injured at the very end of the season. Substantial shoulder injury. There was legitimate question about whether he would ever play again. That's why Nick Saban and the Miami Dolphins passed on him and signed Dante Culpepper. He signs with the the New Orleans Saints and goes on and wins a Super Bowl. The other one is Peyton Manning. And there were legitimate questions about what Peyton Manning's career future was going to look like coming off of a season-ending surgery that he had had, a, a full season he missed with the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts certainly didn't believe that he was going to be able to play. So they released him. Now the question out there, and I think it's a good one, what would Kirk Cousins' value be if he eventually hits the total free agent market? Is he a quarterback that can break the bank? We don't ever see these guys hit the free agent market. So we will discuss that and many more other issues. I will be off and running with Chad Dukes. He's up next. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio studios. Let me go ahead and knock this one out. Safe stopping starts with Duralast Brakes. They're proven tough and the official brakes of NASCAR. Sold only at AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone. We are going to talk, I believe, with Chad Dukes here momentarily. In the meantime, Jason Martin's put together some good stats here on Kirk Cousins. Because there's a lot of people out there who don't believe in Kirk Cousins. And I think that's because he was a fourth-round overall pick, because of all the drama that surrounded him and RG3, whether or not he was ever going to be a guy who pans out. There's a lot of people who just don't believe in Dan Snyder, and so they don't believe as a result in the Washington Redskins either. And all of this kind of rolls together, and you end up in a situation where people just don't believe in Kirk Cousins. And again, a lot of it is also the amount of success that you have in the postseason. Because, and you think about Matt Ryan, nobody really believed in Matt Ryan. How many people did you hear say, oh, he's only won one playoff game? Then he goes out and he dominates against the Seahawks, and then he dominates against the Green Bay Packers. And if the Falcons don't choke it away, 
everybody's saying, oh, Matt Ryan's going to win multiple Super Bowls. Won a couple of playoff games, everything changes. I believe we have Chad Dukes now. Chad, should anyone out there believe in Kirk Cousins? It's a great question. Um, I think that you should believe in his ability to be a proficient quarterback in this league. He's proved that. Um, he's thrown for almost 10,000 yards back-to-back seasons. He's won big games for this team. Uh, he has single-handedly put the Redskins on his back during the regular season and led them back from serious deficits the Tampa Bay game. But you like that game, which now lives in infamy, of course, comes to mind. I would trust him to be the quarterback of my team. I don't know how much you can trust him in the postseason because there's been a couple examples of opportunities that he's been given where he hasn't had success yet, and that's always going to be – I mean, you know how that is, Clay. Until it takes place, until people lay eyes on it. We go through that with the, with the Washington Capitals every year. So you break, uh, break through that glass ceiling, people are always going to be um, you know, at least dubious slightly of your ability to do it just because they haven't laid eyes on it themselves. What in the world are the Redskins doing here? Last year they give him $19 million and, and franchise him. This year they give him $24 million and franchise him. What is his long-range future there? Can they franchise him a third year? Is this guy going to be a total free agent after three years? What's the play? Well, I just had a lot of national talking heads that do this for a living come on my show and say there's absolutely no way they can franchise him ever again. I was watching Ian Rappaport almost take a victory lap yesterday saying, well, there's just no way he'll ever be franchised ever again. And my, my question would be, well, how on earth do you know that? I mean, no quarter, this has never happened before, Clay. No quarterback has ever been franchised twice in a row this way. The Redskins have watched this from the beginning. Our local reporters are saying that here. Mike Jones from the Washington Post said that nationally. Charles Robinson from Yahoo Sports said that yesterday. They have screwed this up from Jump Street. Even if they get this guy under contract, they do get a long-term deal, which, by the way, I don't know why Kirk Cousins would do that. We can get into that in a little bit. But um, they can transition tag him next year for about $26.5 million, I believe that it is. And then if that takes place, they will have paid him more guaranteed money than any player in the NFL history has ever been paid. And you say, well, that's, that's ridiculous. They'll never do that. Well, why? Why wouldn't they do it? They've already done something that nobody's ever done to begin with, and they clearly are out of their minds with this situation. So I think they're capable of anything. So take me back. For people out there who are trying to follow this story, you've been following it for a long time. Before yeah. last year's franchise tag, they made what Cousins – group basically considered to be an insulting offer to him for a multi-year long-term contract right what was that detail and roughly that they offered him that basically poisoned this relationship and has led to two straight franchise tax because to be honest whoever represents Kirk Cousins I mean they have been playing chess and it seems like the Redskins have been playing checkers I don't remember a time when a player has so outmaneuvered a team like this You're absolutely right, and Joel Corey came on my show two days ago and said the exact same thing. He's never seen anything like this, the way a player, especially in the NFL. I mean, the NBA, you know, players can get teams over the barrel on kind of a consistent basis. It just doesn't happen in the NFL. There's too many ways that the organizations can maintain power. Think about this, Clay. If the San Francisco 49ers are interested in the Washington Redskins, what is the Redskins' negotiating power? I mean, the only power they have now is the fact that it's been its exclusive franchise tag, so they get to control whatever the deal is. They're the ones that get to negotiate it. But the the, the, the 49ers know. I mean, Kyle Shanahan knows. That organization knows as inept as they are. The Washington Redskins have let themselves into this situation. They have got no pimp hand with Kirk Cousins either. His representation, you're right, has played them like a heart from hell. And it goes back to what you were talking about. They're offering him $16 million 
when they know damn well what the market is. And if they would have offered him $20 million, he might have said no, because he's savvy and he's fiscally responsible, and that guy wants control over his career. I'm talking about Kirk Cousins. He came on our radio station and said, I was on a rookie deal, and then I was franchised. I've never had control over my career, and I want that. He said that into the phone, and I think that's motivating him. And I just don't see any scenario where he would – and maybe it happens today. Who knows? I, I don't know what I'm talking about. But I don't see any scenario. This guy has played it this well, and he already has $44 million in hand, cash on the barrelhead. Why would you sign the long-term deal? What can they offer you? Gruden's going to be a lame duck head coach going into next season. These people might not, there's no stability that they can offer. Deshaun Jackson and Pierre Garçon and Vernon Davis, some of your top targets on offense, they haven't signed them. They haven't even texted them. They haven't called them. That, that's what, that's so, what's so strange about this is the hometown team should be able to offer consistency and stability, and they're not going to be able to offer that. So I don't know why Cousins wouldn't just play on the franchise tag, get all of his guaranteed money, and then still go get a massive deal wherever he wants to go next year. We're talking to Chad Dukes at Chad Dukes on Twitter, 106.7 The Fan. You can listen to him in afternoons there in Washington, D.C. Kevin Durant, I mean, you're kind of the center piece of the, of the world right now, D.C. is, and not just because Donald Trump spoke last night, and I'll ask you about that in a sec, <laughs> but Kevin Durant injured last night against the Washington Wizards. I, I, my buddy uh, gambling here just texted me and said the Warriors haven't moved that much in general. They're still minus 150 as we wait the uh, results of the Kevin Durant injury to win the NBA Finals. Would you still bet on the Warriors to win the NBA Finals, even if Kevin Durant is out? Oh, wow. That's such a great question. Um, it's difficult to know, Clay, just because they, we are, they, you know, 3-1, LeBron James coming back and defeating them in the Finals in that spot. And then you see LeBron's kvetching and bitching and moaning get rewarded. And, you know, he gets some players in there to help reinforce him, some veterans that can help ease the burden, I think you got to pick Golden State, even with a Durant injury, just because of the sheer volume. And I just think it's so hard to defend them during a seven-game series. But it certainly makes it more interesting. And it certainly makes it more interesting in the Western Conference. I just, to me here in Washington, D.C., to have him finally come out, and which, by the way, it would have been nice if he would have sent a text message to somebody, anybody, somebody from the Post or the Times or the D.C. Sports Blog and said, hey, I don't want to play in Washington, D.C. because I don't want to play at home. I wish you would have sent that text two, three years ago. Because how much time did you spend talking about Kevin Durant wanting to play at home? Oh, my God, it was (laughs) insufferable. Not only that, Clay, but I don't know how much you know about transient markets, but when you just watch people that are from this area, the Wizards were in the postseason at that point. They were going to the second round, and whenever Durant would come to town, it was a slurp fest, and nobody cared about the home team. They were busy groveling at the boot of another team's player, and it's just so embarrassing to watch that happen day in and day out and have people excuse it. So uh, to make a, uh, a very long answer shorter, I would still probably bet on the Golden State Warriors, but it certainly makes the Western Conference Finals that much more interesting. What did you think about Trump last night? He also spoke. You're in D.C. You got the afternoon show up there. Will you talk about Trump's talk at all on your afternoon show, or is that like don't even touch it? Well, I mean, I think you know where I stand on a lot of these issues. I'm, I like to be pragmatic in my politics. And one of my favorite things every day is watching your Twitter feed when you have um, a great deal of common sense, facts, and figures. And that seems to make people very angry uh, when they're arguing with you. But, well, it um, triggers them like crazy. <laughs> it certainly does. Uh, I, I, um, I think he does great in those moments. I think he did well last night. Um, I don't think he's going to get a fair shake. I've never seen this level of vitriol 
from people where it's like no matter what we're talking about, if there's additional jobs coming in, if there's companies that are rethinking what they're doing um, internationally and, and building plants here in America, people are so angry at that. They don't, they don't like that. We don't have enough qualified um, we don't have enough qualified people to fill all these jobs. Just what they will complain about to me is very curious. If you don't like Donald Trump, I get that. He's a guy that is over the top. He's a guy that's bombastic, and he's a guy that can rub you the wrong way. But when good things are happening, it would be nice if, if those were acknowledged um, with all of the shortcomings that you can poke holes in throughout what he's doing so far. So I won't touch it on the show just because I'm not, um, I haven't accomplished as much as you have in your career, so I don't want to divide half my audience. <laughs> but um, it certainly is interesting to watch who in Washington, D.C. that's in Sports Talk Radio feels comfortable talking about their politics openly. And I'll say this, most of them aren't conservative. It seems to me that if you are on one side of the equation, you get a free pass. And if you're on the other side, well, mum's the word, or there could be retribution. There's no doubt at all. We're talking to Chad Dukes at Chad Dukes. He hosts Chad Dukes versus the World 106.7 in D.C. Great show in the afternoon. I enjoy going on there. Last question for you. There has been some talk that the Redskins might try and trade Kirk Cousins. I saw the latest report was the Cleveland Browns may be offering the number one overall pick. NFL Combine starts today. Do you think there's any possibility that the Washington Redskins trade Kirk Cousins? Um. I don't think, first of all, I've had multiple people, again, come on the show. I hate to keep referencing that. I've just been talking about this so often. I mean, it was four and a half hours of my program yesterday, Clay. But I've had multiple <laughs> people come on and say, look, we expect a 50% chance that Kirk Cousins still gets traded. And if you can get Miles Garrett and you can um, – I mean, we had uh, – what's the guy? J.P. Finley. He, he works locally here for Comcast uh, Mid-Atlantic. And he came on and said, I've, ex- I've done the numbers. I-, I put together the sample size that we have of Colt McCoy, and his numbers aren't that dissimilar – from Kirk Cousins in this offense. And if this team is going to sit there, we know they like Colt McCoy. We know they like Nate Sudfeld, of all people, who is approaching Colt Brennan like Colt status here in Washington, <laughs> D.C. For somebody the fans want to see, it, their defense is in shambles. If, if you believe that you're capable of getting the third overall pick, the first overall pick if it's the Cleveland Browns, and you don't have to pay Kirk Cousins all this money, which they clearly don't want to do. Their actions have displayed that. Yeah, I absolutely think it's in play, especially if it's the Cleveland Browns that come calling. Chad, appreciate the time, my man. At Chad Dukes, go follow him on Twitter. Big fan of you, sir. Thank you very much for having me on. Thanks to Chad Dukes. Again, great show in the afternoon in the Washington, D.C. area on 106.7 there in town. Let's go ahead and figure out what's trending now. Welcome back to the Fox Sports Radio studios brought to you by GEICO. Easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with GEICO. Go to GEICO.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. Got all this weather rolling through town. Never know when you're going to get knocked off. So let me go ahead and knock out another ad here. Duralast batteries proven tough, designed to stand up to even the most extreme weather conditions with patented technology to deliver the most powers during startup. Get in the zone, auto zone. 80 mile an hour winds rolling through Nashville. If you happen to be in this area, stay safe. If you're in another part of the country, could be headed your way on the East Coast as well. A couple of little details that I want to hit here. Um, one, this is kind of crazy how much Kirk Cousins has made, $43 million over the last couple of years. He could theoretically be franchised for a third straight year. And if a team wants to franchise a player for three straight years, it would have to pay him 144% of his previous salary. And uh, Jeff Tuttle on Twitter is doing the math. And I always enjoy when people do math for me on Twitter. And that would mean that next year, Kirk Cousins, if the Redskins franchised him again, and you can only franchise a player for three straight years, 
he would make $34.47 million. So I'm going to do quick math here, and that's always dangerous when I do math live on the radio. That would mean that over three years, over three years, if the Redskins, again, he's already made $43 million. If they gave him another franchise tag, Kirk Cousins would make $77 million in three years. That's not money that's theoretically out there. That's real money in his pocket, $77 million. And, and, and this is unbelievable, and he would be an unrestricted free agent. I, I said this uh, with, with, you just heard me with Chad Dukes. I don't know that I have ever seen a player in the NFL in the history of the league, more outmaneuver a team than Kirk Cousins and what he has done to the Washington Redskins. Now, you can also, if you want to be defending the Washington Redskins at all, you can say, look, they make a ton of money, and they have been uncertain whether or not he's worth a long-term deal. My response to you would be this. You gave him $43 million and he still isn't locked up. So, if you were so uncertain about what he was worth that you thought he was only worth $16 million a year or whatever the math was in your initial contract before you franchised him, Kirk Cousins has bet on himself and made gobs of money. $43 million over the last two years. Again, if they franchise him a third year, the Redskins do it, then he would make nearly $35 million in one year. He would be one of the highest paid athletes in the history of American pro sports in his third year with the Redskins. And this is what's amazing about that. He would then be an unrestricted free agent able to go and sign with anybody. Now, it's possible that the Redskins are going to say there's no way we can pay you nearly $35 million. And in that case, he's going to be an unrestricted free agent after this year, after making $43 million the previous two years. There's no doubt that he would be able, I don't believe, as long as he's healthy, to go out and make $60 million guaranteed. I think he could get a three-year guarantee at $20 million a year, maybe more, get $60 million guaranteed, and he would have made $100 million over five years and still be a relatively young quarterback. I'm just blown away by this. Kirk Cousins' story, again, he's been franchised. He's going to make $24 million this year. And then either the Redskins are going to have to pay him thirty, nearly $35 million in a third year straight franchising, or he's going to be an unrestricted free agent. And the big debate out there is, is he worth it? What is Kirk Cousins' value? Uh, Jason Martin's got a bunch of details out there on this. I'm going to run through a few of these things for you. In his first two seasons as a starter, comparing him with Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins a little bit worse in completion percentage, very similar in passing yardage, the exact same in yards per attempt. Cousins has thrown more touchdowns, less interceptions, nearly an identical passer rating. And the Redskins have been awful on defense, the 28th-ranked defense in both seasons. Cousins is only 28 years old, and if you consider his two full seasons as a starter, he's been the sixth-highest-rated passer in the NFL for those two seasons behind only Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson, and I don't even know if you should count him because Dak Prescott has only played one season. So for guys who have played multiple years, that means that Kirk Cousins is only behind Tom Brady, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, and Russell Wilson in the NFL. And during those two years, only three quarterbacks 
Drew Brees, Matt Ryan, and Phillip Rivers have passed for more yards than Cousins. And those guys have thrown more interceptions than Cousins, too. I mean, that's incredible stuff. Jason Martin, I mean, I, he's painted the Redskins into a corner. They couldn't let him go. They have to give him the free agent tag, the, the, the franchise tag this year again. And then I think the Redskins are going to have to let him go, which makes me think they have to figure out a way to trade him or else they're just going to lose a franchise quarterback, which you really don't ever recover from in this league. I think you're absolutely right. I mean, he has all the leverage, and that's what it's all about in business is having the leverage. And if you're the Redskins, you can't get caught with your pants down at the end of it. Remember when Carmelo Anthony just kind of left the Nuggets and they didn't get what they thought they were going to get, and then it's always a question of do you trade your star a season before you know he's going to leave or before you know you can't handle it? And the answer is, look, you have to. Like, you can't get nothing for this, especially when you ran down all those stats. I don't think people realize how good he's actually been. Like, I he, I didn't. When we went through the passer ratings, and we did it every single week during the NFL, during the regular season and in the playoffs – Kirk Cousins was among the top nearly every time. It wasn't his fault that they were losing the games that they were losing. Now, the Giants game, he didn't play well in, but there's a lot of guys that have bad weeks. I just look at Kirk Cousins, and the Redskins want to keep him. If they can't, they've got to get something for him because there's so many teams that could use him. And if you look at those stats, even the analytics nerds in every one of these NFL front offices, it's hard to deny that that guy has value. So Washington's got to make sure that their future is protected. No doubt at all. Um, okay, we're going to take a break here, finish off the show. A couple of details that I want to hit with before we go to break here. Our guy, Doug Adler. Doug Adler, you guys may remember me. If, uh, remember him. If you listen to the show, we had him on. He was the ESPN tennis analyst who was fired for uh, using the phrase gorilla effect in the uh, broadcast of a Venus Williams tennis match. ESPN uh, bowed down to political pressure from Twitter users, social media outrage, and fired uh, this gentleman, Doug Adler. He since filed a lawsuit. Well, he called me yesterday from the hospital. He had a heart attack. Nearly died. His doctors say that the stress of ESPN firing him and being publicly branded a racist for something he did that wasn't racist at all exacerbated his heart conditions and led him to have a heart attack. He is in the hospital right now. He may be listening on 570 AM in LA. I want to extend our best wishes to him on behalf of the Outkick the Coverage family. We're a fractious group. Don't always agree on everything, but I think the vast, vast majority of you, and we polled 92% of you, I think, felt like ESPN had treated Doug completely in the wrong there. He is now in a hospital, has had a heart attack. Uh, his doctor says it was brought on to a large degree because of the stress of being unfairly labeled a racist and being fired by ESPN. So I hope he's listening now. If he is, we want to wish you well. And uh, I would like for you guys to, uh, to to pass along your best wishes to him. He's at Doug Adler Tennis on Twitter if you want to track him down. Final segment of the show coming up. Got a ridiculous story for you. The NCAA has suspended five players from the University of Richmond. You're not going to believe what they are suspended for. You're listening to Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. I told you I was going to get to the news about the overall odds impact so far. My guys at Odd Shark, John Campbell, we're going to have him on tomorrow because I, I, we'll find out exactly what's going to happen with this Kevin Durant injury. How severe is it going to be? It's not so severe that Vegas has pulled the Golden State Warrior line off the board. 
And I, I say that because a lot of times Vegas knows long before anybody else does what the severity of an injury is. And so I want to hit you with this. Uh, according to Odd Shark, one book has moved Golden State to minus 140, and they were minus 175 at most spots to win the title. So one book has moved them from 175 to 140. Another has moved them from 175 to minus 150. That still means the Golden State Warriors are prohibitive favorites. And based on that move, which is not very substantial, Vegas right now and or the offshores do not believe that Kevin Durant is going to miss the rest of the season. That's important because Vegas tends to be the most and best informed individuals out there. Doesn't mean that it couldn't be a surprise. Doesn't mean that the results couldn't be worse than people are anticipating. Again, Matt Barnes has been signed. Kevin Durant injured last night in the Washington Wizards game. I like to go to the odds makers to determine how severe this injury is likely to be. And if you believe that Vegas is pretty well informed and that the offshore books are pretty well informed, the fact that they are not pulling the Golden State Warriors line off of the board right now makes makes it clear that they believe that Kevin Durant is not out for the season. Again, the line has not moved that much. We'll find out later today what the actual impact is. Adrian Wojciechowski tweeting out that he believes uh, that he has that the, the that Kevin Durant's camp is preparing for him to be out for months, not weeks. The Golden State Warriors signed Matt Barnes, which suggests that things are not going to be ideal when the MRI results are made public. But the Vegas and the offshore lines are not moving substantially. Just so you know, I think that's always an interesting arbiter to go to. Speaking of those a little bit, this is an unbelievable story. And I want to finish uh, this, uh, this show today with this because I think it's important for you guys to realize how ridiculous sometimes sports can be. The NCAA has suspended five University of Richmond baseball players because they took part in fantasy football. Here's the full statement released by the university. The University of Richmond Athletics Department has reported NCAA secondary violations impacting the eligibility of five student-athletes on the baseball team. In full cooperation with the NCAA, the Athletic Department fully investigated and reported the violations which the NCAA has determined were secondary in nature. And the result of what happened is these guys played fantasy football. I'm leaving that there for a pregnant pause for you because... It's unbelievable to me that with everything that goes on in college athletics now, Baylor's got 50 alleged sexual assaults. At Penn State, they had a former assistant head coach who was out there raping kids with impunity. You've had all sorts of felonies committed by a variety of different players all over the nation. And those guys are still eligible under NCAA rules. And then you have five baseball players at the University of Richmond playing fantasy freaking football, and they are not eligible to participate in baseball right now under NCAA rules. The NCAA, mind you, that makes almost all of its money off of what? NCAA tournament. Why is the NCAA tournament so popular? One reason why the NCAA tournament is so popular, because you fill out brackets. Because you compete in fantasy NCAA tournament bracket challenges. 
Talk about hypocritical. The NCAA owes most of its money to the popularity of its brackets that it puts out every year for the NCAA tournament. And these five college kids are playing fantasy football, and they're now ineligible to play baseball under NCAA rules. I just Sometimes the NCAA, like the NCAA needs, I think a lot of people need this, but the NCAA certainly needs a head of common sense. Sometimes you get so wrapped up in the weeds that you forget how absurd you look. I'll give you an example. Last night at the, uh, at the State of the Union address, wasn't the State of the Union, but the address that Donald Trump gave, so many of those politicians had no idea when to stand up. They just they, they they get so wrapped up in politics that they don't even know when they should stand up and clap. Now, you can argue that all these events, whether you're Democrat or Republican, there's always all this standing up and clapping. And, you know, Saturday Night Live has satirized it before. With I remember Dan Quayle, like, having no idea when he was supposed to stand up, which was pretty funny. But there are so many politicians like that. They have lost all grip on reality. And they get so wrapped up in what they're doing that they forget what it's like to be human. And that's why I say so many organizations could use a director of common sense. Somebody at the NCAA needs to be a director of common sense. And they need to say, you know what? I think there's probably a lot of college kids out there playing fantasy football. I don't know that we need to suspend baseball players for playing fantasy football. I just don't think this is going to look very good when it goes out on Twitter and we're in the business of putting out bracket challenges and getting everybody to sign up and try to win their bracket challenges, which is fantasy bracket challenge. And then everybody on earth just about under the age of 40 is playing a type of fantasy football online. This is not something we need to be involved in. This is where we need the NCAA's director of common sense to step in and say, okay, I see this. Maybe it's a technical violation, but we're going to let this slide. You can play fantasy football and still also be eligible to play NCAA athletics. Oh, it just drives me insane. The NCAA is an awful, corrupt, indefensible organization in many respects when it comes to stories such as these. Thank you for hanging out with us. Three hours of fun. We'll be back tomorrow, same bat time, same bat channel. Go download the iTunes now, Outkick the Coverage. I'm Clay Travis. Thank you for spending your morning with us here on Fox Sports Radio. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. All right, game off. We got to pause here to talk more about Monopoly Go. I know what you're saying. Flag on the play. You already talked about that, but there's just so much good stuff in this game. In Monopoly Go, you can team up with friends for time tournaments where you work together to build up each other's boards. The more you win together, the more awesome prizes you unlock. And there's so much to get. Unique stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums for big prizes. Cool new playing pieces to travel the boards with. Hilarious emojis for taunting friends when you smash their buildings or heist their vaults. Plus, Monopoly Go feels new and exciting every day with constantly changing tournaments and challenges. A ton include their new unique mini-games like Digging for Treasure or a Robot Pachinko Machine. And there's always new timed events that help you win big like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies. There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go, so get off the bench and go download it now free on Google Play or the App Store. Game on! From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare.